0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, we're talking with Brennan Dunn. Brennan is the founder of Double Your Freelancing, where he helps teach over 40,000 freelancers and agencies how to earn more money and work with better clients. And uh, um, he's got a great a great course on how to increase your fees. If you want to get higher fees, you need to go look at it. He's also more recently the co-founder of Right Message, which is a software company that helps bring on-site personalization out to the masses. And we are a customer of Right Message, a new customer of Right Message. Very excited about what it's going to be able to do. And uh, and as we were talking before we started, he, he's on his fourth company. Um, and uh, so Brendan, really excited to have you here. I think uh, you've got a lot to bring to the table today. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve, for having me.
0: So, before we get started, um, can you give everybody just a little quick? background on how you got to, to where you are today and how you got started in business.
1: Sure. So, um, I mean, quite a few different things. So I, I guess I could, you could say I started in business from uh, my college dorm room, not doing any fancy startupy thing, but rather just doing some uh, freelancing work for uh, local companies and uh, friends of mine, or really usually uh, parents or employers of friends of mine. And it, it beat uh, flipping burgers while in while in college. So I did that for a bit. And then actually what ended up happening was I decided to drop out of school to focus on, I did want to do the whole startup-y thing. Um, a little misguided, I went in unprepared, but most people do. And I started a company called Agathon Solutions. And what we did is we we basically made it so, if say you're a real estate agent or a mortgage broker, um, a lot of them buy shared leads and the leads tend to be poor quality because they've already been called by 50 competitors. And what we did is we did a this kind of dovetails in what I'm doing nowadays, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, we made it so we would do basically nationwide ad campaigns and drive traffic to our site and then on the fly swap out uh, depending on where the the visitor was living a local broker or a local real estate agent that was a customer of ours and show their branding and their photo and their name and all that other stuff. So that worked well. And then the uh, subprime mortgage bubble burst, which uh, caused the whole company to basically fail overnight because uh, you know that started the whole downfall, I guess, of, the, um, of uh, the economic situation. So that led me to getting a job at an agency and I just worked as a developer there and worked my way up over the, over the coming months. Um, it was interesting because it was a marketing agency or an interactive agency. And I got to learn a lot about kind of how you actually work with clients, which was much different than the way it worked when I was still in school. And uh, then I ended up moving to Virginia I And mean, this is all I was in Florida at the time. So I moved to Virginia, had no business connections and my company wasn't willing to let me uh, work remote, remotely. So uh, I ended up freelancing for a friend of mine who was living out in California, had startup connections out there. So I did contract work. And then uh, one thing led to another, people I worked with would go to a different company and then they'd want to work with me. So I had more demand than supply and I could either turn away work or scale. So I scaled, I grew a company, I grew an agency, got to 11 employees, um, doing fairly well, but I wanted to get more into products. So I exited that company to start my first software company called Planscope. Uh, that did okay, but never great. And uh, one, one way that I had to grow the company was to write a lot about uh, freelancing. Since it was targeting freelancers and agencies, I just wrote a lot about pricing or getting clients or uh, how to do proposals and all that kind of stuff, thinking that would get me leads for Planscope. It kind of worked, but more importantly, that led to building up an audience of people who liked what I had to say about consulting And uh, that led to a book, and then a few courses, and now it's a seven-figure year company called Double Your Freelancing. And uh, as of this year, 2017, I've started now another software company, because one can never have enough things, I guess. (laughs) I just get bored easily. Double Your Freelancing is doing well, but it's fairly predictable. And um, one thing that came from that was doing a lot of on-site personalization from my own business. And that got me on the radar of companies, I guess like yours, who Wanted to have the same effect on um, on their own site, so that's what led to starting W or Write message.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's that's where I, I don't know if that's where I originally came across your work, but but certainly within the last six months, um, came across it. We have been trying for years now to deliver a a custom experience based on who was coming to us. Whether that was in, in email or on the site or, or wherever, and it sounds like you've been doing this for years, really since the beginning, um, with with your real estate leads, is you've been paying attention to who's you know who's coming to the site, using that information, and then giving them a message that fits in one form or another. And I, I really think that's the future of of uh, the way that we're going to communicate with. Potential clients, um, and I think what you're doing is very powerful. The results that you've gotten from it, um, which we can talk about in a little bit, are, I think are are extremely compelling, um, and and it's been a really difficult thing to do. So um, I'm excited to to get into a little bit more about what you're doing now because I think Right Message makes it really really easy. Um, having having tried to slog through um, you know lines and lines of code to make it work, I can tell you, point and click is much uh, much preferable to that. So yes. But, before we dive into all that, because we've got time to get to that, I, you, you've been through all of those different experiences in business, and you know as well as I do that that uh, it is never a straight line path to, to get where you are, right? You may have the vision, you may have some idea of where you want to go, but it's never that straight line path, and there's always roadblocks and things. What are some of the things you've done over the years just to push through that, to keep going, maybe some of the mindsets or the, the thinking that you've used to, to push past it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always... I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if there weren't many, many times in my in my career as, a, I guess, a business owner where I didn't want to go back to the relative safe harbor of full-time employment where um, you, I, got, I showed up, I got paid every two weeks, and things were just nice. Um, but for me, what, what's really been helpful has been, well, really two things, one of which is collecting a lot of data. So one thing that's helped me tremendously is when I am in a bit of a slump with Maybe it seems like just nothing's working. Um, Being able to kind of step back and looking at, say, the last year and realizing, okay, I'm in a little dip, but the trend is upwards. So, you know, having data and really making an effort, I think, to just write about, you know, maybe even weekly, which is one thing I I try to do, about what what did I get done this week, what worked, what didn't work, how do I feel about how this is helping overall the business. And really looking at, you know, a business as an asset that has value attached to it and seeing, well, how am I, even if I'm in a dip right now, how am I continuing to make this asset more valuable over time, even if I'm not seeing the results right now? So that kind of attitude, that kind of analytical, I think, attitude toward treating uh, businesses as, you know, something substantial in the sense of it has, you know, it's, it's a it's a product in its own right right like the business itself can be tested it can be analyzed it can be experimented upon and you can work off that and not everything's going to work but that kind of attitude of relentlessly saying you know here's the lifestyle I want to get to what does that mean business wise and then how do I get go from here to there versus saying I want to have like a you know million dollar a year business um, you know reverse engineering things into discrete tasks or projects has been probably the thing that at least has helped me pretty tremendously based off my own personality type.
0: You know, it, it, really what you're talking about is disconnecting yourself a little bit from the business so you can almost stand outside as an observer and see what's happening. And I think for the, the, the audience that you have of freelancers for the audience that, that we have, a, which is mostly professional service providers, which really if you think about it, that it describes the same business relationship. Most of the time it's, it's an an individual working with clients, um, and they are the business and, and, you know, some industries call themselves professional services, some call them freelancers, but it's the same basic business model. And I think when you are the business like that, it, it really is difficult to disconnect and look at it objectively because you feel like, you know, if, if the business isn't going the way you want, that means you aren't. Going the way that you want your life to go, right? <laughs> right. So, um, how how have you dealt with that? Or, you know, during the times when when you were in that same kind of role.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's. I mean, you have. Well, there's a few things I I think that are kind of uh, active at any given time. There's your own desires, your own personal wants. There's um, the people you care about, what they want of you, let's say, and and of them. Um, and then there's the uh, maybe even the, the demands of your customers or, you know, what what the market, let's say, is saying that they want and reconciling it all um, is probably one of those things that for me, I'm not saying I'm I'm necessarily very good at it, but I think I've gotten more comfortable being able to just be able to step back and say, look, this is not. You know, so if like I used to early on and I think this is especially as a freelancer when I started freelancing, which is my first really foray into running a business. Um, Although I did the thing before that, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, for most people, (laughs) freelancing is kind of the the beginnings of uh, owning their own business, even though I think a lot of new freelancers or service companies don't really look at it as much as a business as they should. But that is um, thinking that you need to just be immediately available, always saying yes to everything um, and really just, you know, going ab- above and beyond, which sounds noble in principle, but ends up, you know, hurting yourself emotionally. It helps, it hurts those who care about you. It could even potentially affect other customers if you're getting burned out by you know, a small subset of people who are very demanding. And finding that balance for me has been something that, I, you know, I'm still working on it's still hard even with my new thing like i'm really emotionally very excited in it because it's new and i'm jumping over backwards for really anyone who's actively a customer and you know it's it's one of those things that anytime i've done that and i've i've started a lot of things with that attitude of um you know all or nothing it's until i've really been able to like you said to to step back and say look i need to look at the big picture where are we going is this really you know it, Knowing the difference, I think for me, really a big thing that has helped me is really clearly understanding the difference between something that is urgent and something that's important. Because I think it's it's easy to conflate importance with urgency. And um, for me, at least, being able to detach that has been really, really helpful um, at every stage of the game so far.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think there are those times in business where you've got to go all in. And I know you're doing that now with, with right message. And, and we're happy to be on the receiving end of that, um, you know, over the last few weeks, but, uh, we're launching a a new service now, um, that, that basically productizes all of the, the the marketing for for our types of clients and and we're in the same mode and i think for a period of time that's necessary but what i what i see happen the mistake that I, i see folks make sometimes is they get in that mode and it also it almost becomes habit and and then they they don't sort of have a finish line for that so like we're you know we're rolling this thing out and and we know that when we get to 15 clients that's enough for us to have gone all you know all in Everybody's got their full focus on it. And by that point, we'll have all of our systems down. And at that point now, I can begin to disconnect and, and be that outside observer more. And so we go into it knowing that like, here's here's the point where all of these things have to be in place so that uh, so that, that disconnect can happen and so that you can begin to, to act as as the business owner and not just the one that's sort of stuck inside the machine all the time. Um, and I didn't always do that. It, it, uh, this is probably the most intelligent launch of anything I've ever done. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But, uh, but I think going in with that kind of mindset of, yeah, we're going to go all in now, but there's a, there's a finish line to this. Um, yeah. and there has to be, um, that, uh, and, and that you've got really solid criteria around it, I think is really important. Um, because freelancing is hard freelancing any any type of service where you're delivering the service you are the business it's very very difficult to do and I I think a lot of people don't uh, don't acknowledge just how difficult it can be
1: I mean I've been I've worked personally with many many freelancers who have been doing this for you know many many years and they've always been kind of in an inertia mode where it's always you know the rush of a new client the rush of oh god, I need a new client now. Then the rush of biz dev, rush of onboarding that new client or selling that new client, then onboarding them, and then doing it all over again. And it's kind of infinite loop that never really they never step back and, th- and think like, well, how, what is this company I'm building, right? And it's it's oftentimes you just get caught in this you know this inertia driven loop that just won't end. And um, it, I mean, I think. Freelancers especially I think are very guilty of that because it's very much a you know it's usually you and it's just you and you do the work you get paid you make good money and then when things aren't bad when things are bad meaning let's say you you have a lot of you lose all your clients or you need new clients now you, you kind of rush and go crazy and stressed out about getting that and then you do it all over again and just kind of like it just never ends right and um, I think one of the things that I've tried to help a lot of the freelancers I work with do is be able to step back and say, look, look, let's dedicate time weekly to work on the business. Let's step away and say, this is time. Yes, I could be billing for and making money for right now by you know, billing the client for this time, but I'm going to actually build my company for this time and I'm going to use this time to focus on, you know, my, my, what is my plan for uh, growth if that's a goal of mine or, for sustaining this business or for having in place systems that help me better sell, better, better onboard, better fulfill client projects. And, and really taking the time to say, I'm not going to be caught up in the weeds during say Friday morning from 9am to noon, I'm going to be working exclusively on my business, no meetings, none of that just focused uh, time. And that could be creating, you know, advertising campaigns or marketing stuff or, you know, it, it could be actually creating stuff, but for yourself, not for their clients and very, very few freelancers, uh, do that.
0: And I think that little piece of advice right there, that was the worth the price of admission piece of advice. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I think that's really critical. It's amazing what you can do with that little bit of time every week. If you do it consistently, um, the, the progress is just tremendous over, over a relatively short period of time. Um, so I want to kind of change focus here in just a second. We're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back with more from Brennan. I want to change the focus. I want to talk about some of the the really innovative things, uh, that, that Brennan's doing with marketing automation and with, um, with dynamic personalization, um, on websites. And if you have a website, which should be everybody listening to this, you're going (laughs) to want to come back and listen to what he has to say, because it's going to change your world. We'll be right back with more from Brennan Dunn. you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, we're back. Welcome back to the unstoppable CEO podcast. And we're talking with Brennan Dunn of double your freelancing and right message. And, uh, Brennan, uh, you're doing some amazing things with both marketing automation and with on site personalization. So that's, those are big words. Can you kind of just describe um, in plain English what it is that, that you're able to do now um, with, yes. with what you're doing with with the automation and technology?
1: Sure. So since really the dawn of time, if I wanted to sell you, Steve, something, I would, let's say we're talking in person or it's over the phone, I'm going to take into account who you are, what I know about you and our relationship when presenting my product. Right. So I have, um, uh, you know, a, um, I don't know, a widget to sell you. I'm going to take into account who you are and why you might need that widget. When I go to pitch you on that widget, I'm going to I'm going to use it. I'm going to frame it like that. And it really wasn't until the dawn of I think mass advertising that we really needed to think about well, how can we come up with the best possible copy that is universally applicable that speaks to a large swath of people so that we can do these big media buys, these newspaper runs and so on. And that's when sales uh, really became more of a, at least to, to a certain segment, I mean obviously high touch sales, very personalized sales has, hasn't gone anywhere, but for like kind of consumer level things like buying uh, products or buying like a, a hairdryer or something like that, right? That's always, that, that's become more or less the role of really good really effective copywriting. Now, what I've been trying to do is think of, how can we, you know, computers are smart. Computers can find out, or you, you can you can store information about people in computers. So I can say, you know, Steve came from this website, and this website has people reading it who fit this profile. So if Steve's, Steve comes to my website, I can guess a bit about how I should speak to him uh, by virtue of maybe how he came you know, to my website, or maybe is he an existing customer of another product of mine? And if so, what does that tell me about Steve? And I can use that data to help personalize the way that I speak to you about another product or service I want you to buy of mine. And that's the kind of thing where it's something that isn't new. It's something that we've been doing forever offline, right? So with high touch sales. And on top of that, it's also one of these things that um, the big the big players like Amazon do without us really knowing it, but it hasn't really been accessible for the common business owner who has a website and that website's job is to sell stuff, either to generate a lead or to get somebody to put in their email address or to get somebody to plug in a credit card and buy something. The website has a job purpose, which is to connect with people reading that website, viewing that website, and get them to take action. So why can't we use technology to better personalize the experience somebody has and the way we speak to them so that they're more likely to take action?
0: Yeah, and it, it's, uh, it's interesting because that makes total sense. It's what we do anyway. But it's been so difficult to do it. Um, I mean, you had to be an Amazon or somebody like that. Um, or had to be really, really technical to to be able to implement this with the technology that was available. And, um, you know, it's been really interesting to watch as you've described how you've put these things into practice on double your freelancing. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, because I think it gives a, a really good example for people so they can kind of wrap their he- heads around practically how they would do this. Um, and you know we've been talking with clients about this for the last month or so like you know almost everybody sells to different segments of people and you've got a really clever way of, of dealing with that um, and and just those simple tweaks I know are producing good results for you so can you talk a little bit about that
1: sure so I have uh, my main company is double your and we target freelancers and we sell them business training so the, the issue with that is that freelancing is a pretty broad spectrum of people, right? So, um, for instance, I might be a designer who works on a small team. I could benefit from W freelancing, but unless I'm being spoken to as a designer who's on a small team who is looking for help with, say, closing proposals... They need to kind of, somebody's going to need to take general sales copy and translate that to their own needs and their own situational stuff. So what I started thinking is, well, why why can't I, what if I could find a way to identify what kind of work somebody does? So if they're a, are a designer, I can speak to them as a designer. If they're a coder, I can speak to them as a coder. If they're a marketer, I can speak to them as a marketer. What if I could do that? What if, At a bare minimum, what if we could do that? And I started doing that. And, and what I ended up doing was I made it so when, for instance, when you opt into one of my email courses that leads to a paid product, I would ask you two things. What kind of work do you do? And that would be a drop down, And then your email address. And you'd opt in, you'd go through an email course, and that email course would eventually spit you out over to a sales page, which had a premium product uh, that is related to that email course that I'm promoting. And all I was doing was making it so that if you're a designer, I make the headline about design. And then I would change out any instance of the word freelancer to be freelance designer. I did that and immediately saw a lift in sales. And it makes sense why? Because people want to know that this product or service is meant just for them. So that that's kind of how things started. And then I started thinking, well, what if you know we've got people coming over to articles of mine? Like, for instance, I have a really popular article called on how to start a freelancing business. I have a very big design blog that sends a lot of traffic consistently to that article. And I can probably tell that if somebody is coming to that article as the very first page they visit on my site and they come from a design blog, they're probably a designer who's just getting started. So I can speak to them on their level. I can talk to them about how this course, for instance, will help them jumpstart their new design business. And likewise, if I get somebody who is a, uh, a marketing agency who's already more or less successful uh, coming in and seeing that same sales page I can tweak just a few words headlines case studies um, examples and so on to speak to them about how this course will help them um, as a marketing agency grow their business so what ends up happening is I'm able to position the product against the demographic and the intent that somebody has so if somebody uh, for instance, one of the things I've recently added has been making it. So when you join that email course and I know now what kind of work you do, I ask people when they join, which of the following three reasons is why you join? Like, what do you, what do you need from this? Just click the link. And I mean, use trigger links in my, um, uh, email marketing app to do this. Click the link that best represents you. Do you want to price on value? Do you want to get a handle of how to price at all? or are you losing a lot of the proposals you send and you wanna close more of them? So if you are a design agency who wants help with proposals, you look at my sales page that you're gonna get to eventually, the headlines about design agencies, every usage of the word freelancer is now a design agency, testimonials are people like you, and the way that the offer is positioned is around how this course will help you, ultimately by pricing on value and learning about what it is your clients truly need this is going to help you close more proposals. So it makes sense why that would work. And what we've seen tangibly is a 70% lift in sales just from that funnel, just by tweaking headlines and like random bits of copy and so on throughout throughout a sales page. And for the amount of effort that took measure it to the 70% lift permanently in sales, it's, you know, clocked in my book is a pretty big win. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think so. <laughs> and you're not talking about radical changes to the message. You're I mean, I have to admit I've I've stalked your website and I'm signed up under a couple of different email addresses. So you're I'm throwing your stats off, but um, I've gone in just to see that and, and try to experience it so I could understand the thinking that goes into it. And and the changes are, are fairly subtle. Um, it's very minor, yes. Yeah. And yes. so it's not like you're writing entirely different pages for each one and if you think about it, that makes sense. You're solving the the same basic problem, but you're now using the very specific language of that person, how they would describe themselves, and that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, as you as as you've seen, I mean, it makes a 70% difference in sales. Right? Um, it's so simple, but it's I think it's really really profound. Um, and going back to, I think this ties directly into. Um, what you shared in the first part of the interview about carving out those few hours every week to just think about and do a little bit of work on every week your business because if if you're able to carve out that little bit of margin, now you can look at these things and think through these things and and uh you know and and get them into motion um if you don't take that time, you know it might be an idea that that runs past you in the shower, but you're never going to actually act on it. So, um, I think these two things fit very well to together. Um, and, and so now you're, you've gone beyond, I know all the this, this stuff you did on W freelancing was all custom code. Um, uh, cause you're a developer, you're, you're a, a pretty Used sharp guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you, you can do a lot of this stuff, right? Um, you've got the technical ability to do it. Not everybody does. So you've taken kind of what you did there and, and created it now a tool that. Will allow mere mortals to go and do this uh, for themselves,
1: right? And, and that's been, you know, to be honest, what what ended up happening was I would be pretty public about the results I'm having. I'd show screenshots from Mixpanel, which is a reporting tool I use. I would show snippets on before and afters and and things like that. And uh, understand, understandably, a uh, a few companies who uh, make my business look like a child's toy in comparison uh, have have been starting to follow along and saying, "If you could just do even a a seven percent bump in, in you know in, in overall sales, I mean that's millions and millions of dollars in revenue for us every year. Can we can we talk?" And, and that's what led to me doing a lot of kind of this one off consulting where I would come in, basically take the code I use on my own site and set it up on other people's sites and do kind of the consulting and figuring out exactly what personalizations will we do? You know, what are the different personas you target? How do you currently segment? And so on. And I did this for a while for the last few years. And, um, actually about the last year and a half, not a few years, year and a half. And I've been doing that occasionally, uh, for clients, so, uh, you know, as a way to just kind of, it helped me because it helped strengthen my own experience and, really the toolkit I was using that I could then bring back to double freelancing and benefit me in that way. But um, eventually got to the point where I realized there's a lot of potential, and you know, I'm doing this all manually now for myself and clients, what if there was a way that we could build effectively a front-end interface for the toolkit that I've been developing for the last few years and make it so that visually somebody could go into their web browser and say, click on a headline, directly change its content, And say I want to show this headline when somebody is in this segment or has this tag applied to them in in our email marketing app or is a customer or came from this site or something like that and um, that's what we've done is we've just basically built a front-end interface uh, for the toolkit that we've been building since really 2014
0: yeah and uh, I can tell you it's it's incredibly simple to use we're in the process of now you know rolling that out and uh, doing a little bit of a relaunch on our site. And um, it, it's it's just fantastic to be able to go in and really easily. And, and in fact, it's there have been a couple of times I've asked you a question and you've given me the answer. I'm like, oh, really? Gosh, I should have thought of that. It, it's so easy now. But things that have been really, really difficult, like you sit here thinking about, okay, how am I going to solve that particular problem if I want to show this or that on on the site? I must have to jump through some more hoops. And your answer is, Uh, No, 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 you just it's like the same process for everything you set up segments and then you just go and and throughout the site pick and choose what you want to change. Um, It's really shockingly simple.
1: Yeah, but the hard thing is, is that a lot of and this is the thing we're we're really battling most is the education question of, well, where you know, I, I get it. I get the power of this, but where do I even start? Oh, yeah. What do I do first? And that's something that I mean, that's why. I was talking about how we're, we're scaling up the team now before the call. Part of our focus is going to be on really good onboarding where we have effectively recipes of like, okay, here are kind of the common things that if you do this, this will help your bottom line, which ones do you want to set up now? And making that really simple for people who are new to be able to do that because right now you, you still need to have an idea of like, okay, what could I, given this tool, I can hide things, I can change things, I can do all this stuff based off criteria. Well, that doesn't, you know, it's one thing to have access to the tool, but not knowing what to do with it. Right. I mean, that, that's and that, that's what our focus is on is how do we. So, you know, there's the education side that we're really focused on right now. That's that's basically my role at the company at the moment, is to really help with that. And um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of these things where, again, I like to look at it as, you know, my example I give people is I back before I did personalizations on my own site. I would get, I remember one email specifically from a copywriter who was reading my sales page for one of my products. And she wrote in saying, Hey, it looks like I'm checking this course out. It looks interesting. It looks like it's targeting developers and web designers. I'm a copywriter. Can this help me? And I think any of us who sell anything online have received similar emails or correspondence before where you get somebody who, and that's why we go and we build these FAQ areas. And we do all this stuff where we try to counter any objections or questions somebody might have before they click the back button. But I knew that for every person who wrote in with that question, there's probably many, many, potentially thousands of people who thought that same thing and click the back button or close the tab. So that was for me a big reason why, you know, I knew like if I am at a copywriting conference, not that I've been to one, but if I did go to one, and I was talking to people there, and they were asking me about what I did. I would describe what I did in a way that made sense to them. And you know, being able to do that at scale has been something like you said that's hasn't been really accessible to people. But on top of that, knowing what to do, knowing where to start, knowing what do I change first, do I focus on this, do I focus on that—that's the thing that we're really trying to make just as accessible. It's one thing to give, make the tool easy to use, but it's another thing to know how to best use the tool and how to minimize the friction and getting from, okay, I have access to this tool to I'm getting the results I need.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, in the real world, it's just an intuitive thing. You know, you're around these types of people. So you just do that on the fly. You almost don't even have to think about it. But we've seen this with with segmentation, you know, with our clients. So if if they're attracting, you know, different types of people as prospects and clients, um, you know, being able to separate them out into groups that make sense and and do it at enough detail, but not so much that, it, you know, that it's completely overwhelming um, is it's really daunting because you're sitting there staring at a blank page, right? You can do anything. You don't have the context of, hey, I'm walking in this room full of copywriters to give you the clue as to where you should start. Um, and, and so I think that's great that you guys are doing that. And, um, I know that's a big challenge. It's, it's sort of like, you know, if you handed me a, uh, you know, a, an air hammer or something and w- asked me to go build something, my, my first question would be, well, what in the world could I build? You know? Uh, yeah, I got a really great way to put nails in stuff, but, um. You know, do I do I understand how to how to put the pieces together and and where to start? So, um, I think that'll be really really helpful. So, Brendan, how can people find out uh, more about what you're doing, and um, I guess both on the W W freelancing side and at Right Message, where do they find you?
1: Yeah, so uh, if you go to RightMessage.io, you can follow along with both the product, um, get set up with it, and if you're interested in this idea of personalization and kind of, I've been really trying to do a lot in terms of examples and ways to think about how you could do this. So if you sell anything online, you probably should be interested in that. And so I'd head over to rightmessage.io. Um, and if you're on the consulting side or you just want to see personalization in action, especially through the way I do it by email, uh, that's at www.freelancing.com. And that's, again, that's my that's my main, that's where the money comes in now. But who knows, in the next uh, few months or year or so, uh, that, that balance might transition to the new thing we've been talking about.
0: Awesome. Well, Brennan, thanks for investing some time with us this morning. Great to catch up and uh, really excited about what you've got going on. Can't wait to see where it goes next. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward iTunes.